Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. Go behind the wheel, under the hood, and beyond with Car Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Scott Benjamin, the auto editor here at HowStuffWorks.com. And my name is Ben Bolin. I have recently been promoted to lifestyle consultant. Oh, very good. Uh huh. I could yeah. use help. Well, I was waiting till we were off the air, but <laughs> it's this lifestyle consultant. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 weird. Um, my qualifications include being alive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's about it. Well, I, I graduated high school. You know, mm-hmm. I'm very good. I'm dignified. And one thing I would say, if I was going to give you just some some advice right now, yeah. Um, not just for for you and I, but for listeners as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt, our producer today, is probably listening. Um, I hope he's listening. <laughs> this, uh, one of the great things about being a, a lifestyle coach, as I found out in the uh, 30 seconds before we went on the air when I made this up, is, uh, that you're able to give, you know, relatively uninformed advice as long as it's vague and seems kind of helpful. That you know? sounds like the perfect job for you. Thank you, man. It really does. Yeah. I feel like I was already doing it for free, yeah. <laughs> right? That's right. So check it out. Here's, here's my, uh, guru advice, uh, for right now. As your official uh, lifestyle consultant, Scott Benjamin, I think it is necessary that you have a collection. Uh, collecting things can provide some stability. It can provide an interesting hobby, and it can let you uh, continue your education about things that you're already into. Stamps, uh, musical instruments, clocks. Yeah, why not? Watches. Yeah. Maybe. Sure. Hmm. Watches. Watches I like. Watches Socks. are getting closer. But let's go bigger. Let's dream Big. 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 Elephants. Okay, let's dream big but not alive. Big but not alive. And no elephant corpses. Stuffed elephant. Oh darn it! <laughs> <laughs> he caught me. But let's Last say if the, sky, if the sky's the limit, man, and you could you could collect anything. Oh, no doubt about it. Race cars. I would. Boom. Yeah, I would. I don't. I don't even have one race car right now. But I, if I could collect something, yet that's mm-hmm. right. I would collect race cars. And you would not be the only one. Sound? Oh no, I wouldn't. It sounds yeah. like a uh, like a really cool 
kind of lifestyle thing that goes along with it as well. It's not just uh, not just owning them and you know being able to look at them every day, which mm-hmm. is that's a big part of it. Sure, but um, what you can do with them. You know, on the outside, on the uh, on the weekends, and and you can travel with them. Of course, if you've got the kind of money that we're talking about to collect race cars, mm-hmm. uh, you'll be able to go some outrageous places with them and and do outrageous things with them as well. So, um, it's it would be a good hobby. Yeah, it it's even you know I'm going to even kick up the stakes a little bit. Mm-hmm. I don't want to make these uh, collectors because you know there is a concern for privacy, right? Yeah. So we don't want to make. Uh, make people feel like they have the spotlight put upon them unfairly. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to hype them up too much, but especially when you get into the more extensive collections that date back to older vehicles, yeah. uh, these people, I think, are kind of blurring the line between being a collector and being a curator because this becomes part of history. Yeah, you're right. It's like they they have their own small museum, really. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them, I mean, a lot of these collections in some cases are the size of a lot of museums or bigger than, oh, sure. than the museum collections. Uh, now there's some fantastic museums that have enormous collections that will never be surpassed by an individual. I don't think. Right. I, mean, I guess you could never say for sure because there's always going to be somebody out there that's going to top that. But I don't know, man. The Smithsonian's pretty crazy. I know. And if you've ever been to the Henry Ford, mm-hmm. uh, huge collection. You spend days wandering around that collection. There are parts of the Henry Ford Museum where you can't, uh, where no access is restricted yeah, too, right? Exactly. There's a lot of museums like that because they like to rotate what they have um, out on the showroom. Um, the, the Walter P. Chrysler Museum mm-hmm. is like that. They have uh, many, you know, museum pieces that are they're hidden from view. Not all the time. They like to rotate them, but mm-hmm. um, they've got projects in, you know, that are, I guess, in progress. Uh, they've got the ones that are on display at the time. Then they've got special collections that they only bring out at certain times. And um, this is just this big rotation of cars that happen all the time. And and a lot of people do that. General Motors has that huge display that we talked about. Yes. Um, not yeah. long ago. I wish I could remember the exact name of that. Um, that's rarely open to the public. Remember, mm-hmm. you have to be a special a special invite or um, you know a member of GM plus a special invite. Right. Um, very restricted access. Um, and then there's individual or private collectors that have collections that you know do the same type of thing, somewhat smaller scale, but that's just because they're not the actual the actual company producing the cars. Right. And then sometimes these collectors may uh, wish to focus uh, and specialize in mm-hmm. in a particular maybe a particular uh, series of years or yeah. a particular make or model. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of them you'll find you know if someone uh, collects. Vintage vehicles, just mm-hmm. not even race cars, just vintage vehicles. True. They may have a uh, a passion for Bugattis, mm. and they may have seven or eight of their, you know, thirty or forty cars, maybe uh, of that mark. Mm. They might they might also have, uh, you know, ten or twelve Ferraris. They may have, you know, they have groupings of cars that they that they like. It's so but, crazy. Um, to me, man. You know, it's one of them that I mentioned or that we're going to mention. Yeah. Um, this person that we're going to talk about has, you know, I think it's six or seven. At least Ferraris, mm-hmm. and he said, you know, it's at, at some point he said you don't want to have. And this is an interview that I read somewhere. He said that I don't want to get every single year of Ferrari because there are also some dogs in there that he didn't want to get. <laughs> he only wants the best of the best, and, right. and that makes sense to me. I mean, you you pick and choose the ones that you want. Um, now, I mean, you think about it. You know, I'd take any Ferrari myself, mm-hmm. of course. Mm-hmm. But even like the tractor, yeah. Oh yeah, even the <laughs> tractor, yeah. But. Uh, he said that uh, you know, it, like you said, there's there's some that just aren't worth collecting, I guess, and I don't know if I agree with that or not, but uh, to him, it just doesn't meet his standard. Well, heck, it's I mean, it's his collection. See, that's that's why this would be so great for you. I know it seems wildly ambitious to say that you mm-hmm. should collect race cars, maybe micro race cars. 
<laughs> you know, like, you know the micro and bubble cars we yeah. talk about? Because I still want a micro car. Yeah. Here at Studio 1A, we actually have a pocket Ducati. <laughs> yeah, that's you, right. We yeah, do, yeah. It was here when we moved in. Yeah, yeah you're right. We do. Um, it still sits in the hallway. Maybe we'll fix it up. Yeah, maybe. Take take that. That's, maybe. Uh, I don't know if it matches the rest of your collection, but can we we can say this guy, this first guy we're talking about, we can say his name, right? Sure, yeah, we can. He's a, he's a well-known collector that... Um, well, let's just get right into it. We'll just uh, yeah. yeah, we'll dig right into it. And kind of an unlikely subject, I think. I did not see this guy. You know, what? I didn't know until very recently that this guy collected cars um, to the level that he does. I mean, I thought mm-hmm. you know, a lot of he's a rock and roll guy. Yeah. A lot of a uh, lot of rock and roll guys have a lot of money. Mm-hmm. They like to uh, like to buy toys, sure. right? Um, but this guy takes it a step further. He's got uh, about forty. I think the estimate is about forty cars, and he says he has about. 25 to 30 that he calls serious race cars. He collects race cars. Mm-hmm. Um, he is Nick Mason. The Nick Mason. The Nick Mason. So we're, you know who he is. We're talking about the drummer from uh, Pink Floyd, a band that some of you might recognize. Mm-hmm. Right? Oh, yeah. I think a lot of listeners will know about Pink Floyd. They've I was sold being something sarcastic. Like, oh, I know. They've, got, <laughs> they've sold something like 200 million albums or something like that. Wow. Just ridiculous amounts of albums. And, of course, you said they're on tour again yep, this year. Yep, they're on tour um, again. Royalties have got to be huge for this sure. band. And the positive side of this is that he has channeled all of his royalties and his, uh, not all of it, I shouldn't say. Probably not. No, but a, a good portion of it. He's got to buy drums, man. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> well, some of the cars he mentions, he mentions drums, being able to fit a drum kit in the car. That's part of his criteria for some of them. For his serious race cars? No, not the, not yeah. the serious race cars, but he, uh, he has a problem with one of his Ferraris because he can't get the drum kit into it. Oh, life is so hard for some people, <laughs> yeah, Scott. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> but I guess uh, I guess Nick, uh, Mr. Mason, Mr. Mason, began collecting cars in the early 1970s when the royalty checks from the band started showing up at his doorstep. Wow. And it, as you can imagine, it takes a lot of money, you know, tremendous wealth to be able to collect true race cars. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what he does. But the interesting thing about Nick's collection is that he doesn't just let them sit in a warehouse somewhere and you know gather dust and and you know put them in mothballs or you know try to keep the flat spots off the tires. He he yeah. he actually takes them out and races them on the weekends. And he he has wife he has a wife and two daughters that also race, and they will regularly enter themselves into you know local events. Or he's also got a um he's also got a professional driver that he keeps um kind of in his. Uh, in his uh, entourage, I guess in his entourage, I guess you could say that. That um, you know, if he he needs to put a, a real serious sports car driver behind the wheel mm-hmm. for an event, he will uh, he'll you know allow him to drive his cars. Let's say you know what with that, I guess I always the impression of an entourage is people who are just hangers on, but that guy's a race car driver. Yeah, let's let's say he keeps him on consultation. I don't know. I don't know. He helps him with the vehicle. He even, uh, he even he helped him with, help um, with maintenance. And I believe he does. Yeah. yeah. I, I think he helps him with uh, a lot of things around the, uh, the airport hangar where he keeps all these cars. No way. Yeah. He keeps some of them there. He keeps, um, he actually, uh, keeps several of them at the airport hangar. I think they said about 15 of them are at this airport hangar and the rest of them are just kind of, you know, stored away somewhere. And then like, like we talked about, you know, the rotation comes through. Mm-hmm. Um, so just like museums, he's got an incredible collection, just beautiful collection. I started to write down yeah, I was some ask, of the cars yeah. that that uh, that were in this collection, and honestly, you know, I've watching the video. It was in it had German um, um, voiceover, mm-hmm. so I was trying to listen to the interview behind the voiceover track, and it, that that didn't work out so well. But <laughs> from what I could see, I was just looking at uh, at some of the cars. I saw um, a Bentley, Bugatti. Mm-hmm. He has a Porsche nine six two, which is a wow. really cool race car. 
Uh, McLaren F1 GTR, which is a, what? It's like a you know million two car or something we like did, that. Uh, we, we mentioned that earlier. In yeah, the show. exactly. He has an old Maserati birdcage, uh, Ferrari five twelve S, and that's the one that was in uh, the Le Mans movie with Steve McQueen. Um, also has a uh, Ferrari two hundred and fifty GTO, which I believe now that's a that's a cool car. The, yeah. the two hundred and fifty GTO. Mm-hmm. You have to take a look at one online to see what I'm talking about. But um, he has reportedly taken the kids to school in that car before, and this is a car that placed third at Le Mans. Actually, this was actually the actual car that raced in Le Mans. Oh. And back in, you know back in the day, they had to be road certified cars as well, so that allowed him to drive this one on the streets. He, so he, one day, Nuts. he's so lucky there were no speed bumps. Exactly. He's so lucky. <laughs> exactly. He says that one day one, none of his uh, modern cars would operate. Yeah. So he, you know, went out and and dug up this uh, this. Well, this Ferrari GTO that you know he took the kids to school in that it's day. Crazy, that thing is worth so close to the ground. Millions of dollars. Million- Have you ever tried to look under one of those? Uh, no, <laughs> I haven't. But I can imagine. Yeah, there's got to be pretty tight. Wow. So uh, I don't know if that's just myth or what, but uh, you know, he says, says that it happened. Um, I don't know. He's got. Uh, I mean, looking at the list here, I've got another list here that mm. uh, that shows apparently he has at least six Ferraris in his collection. Right. He said it was somewhere between six and seven. Yeah, he's got it. He he does have an, an F40. Uh, 512, the, of course, the GTO that we mentioned. He's got a 72 356 GTB for Daytona, which is a great car. Um, he's just got an incredible mix of cars. He's got one all the way back to a 1901 Panhard B1. He's got a D-type Jaguar that he drives. Uh, we mentioned the birdcage. He's got a Porsche 953, uh, Lotus 18. He's got one of the first rear-engined Grand Prix cars that they ever made. I'm not angry. He's got, <clears throat> I know I look angry, but I'm, oh, I'm good. Oh, no, no, no. He's, uh, he's, he's done the time, done the work to uh, to earn all this. Fair enough. He's also got – now, this is really cool, Ben. What's that? He has a, a vintage Bentley that his father drove when he was with when he was a young boy in, uh, in Silverstone. Uh, so his father was a vintage racing car fan – at the, you know a racing racing car driver I should mm-hmm. say and he is Nick as a young boy would go to watch his father race in these club events at Silverstone and it was in the, this this vintage Bentley that you know he would ride to and from the, the track in as well so he would sit in the back seat and you know just and think of what a great think of what a great car it was well the the funny part is I guess he found he later much later in life he found it up for sale. And he bought the car, and it wasn't until he looked at the logbook for the car that he realized that it was his dad's car. So he just happened across his dad's vintage Bentley racer. I don't know what year it is or what specific mm-hmm. make it is, but it's his dad's exact car, and there's there's no way that car is ever going to come out of his collection. Coincidence? Uh, it's amazing, isn't it? I <laughs> it mean, is, something it like is that amazing. happens. So he got it just because it was like his dad's, and then mm-hmm. here it is, the exact same vehicle. Who's, who's next on our hit list? Well, we've got a few, and, you know, honestly – one thing I need to tell you about all these guys, and mm. including including Nick, because he's he's a little bit um, a little bit vague about his collection, and I think there's good reason for that. We talked about that before we came right, on here, right? Right. We've got some uh, because it does make sense if you think about it. Um, if it's okay if I take this one, yeah, yeah. Okay, so uh, our listeners out there, you guys know that um, <clears throat> you guys know that if you're in a world of car collecting at this level. It's a very small world, and uh, people tend to uh, be a little bit more tight-lipped, or closed mouth rather, about their the speci- specific vehicles in their collection, like the numbers of vehicles, right? Yeah. And um, it would be very irregular for someone to say, well, I have exactly 
54 vehicles and their estimated worth is X million dollars. Exactly. Yeah, they'd be a little bit more vague about it than that, uh, a little more mysterious about it. And I kind of like this about them. Yeah, because for um, several reasons. It's not just for the reasons like what's the immediate concern? Yeah. Like privacy. You don't want people to know that you have a car that they want or you don't want people to think – that they could find wherever you hide these cars or, and steal them. Or, or you bring it out at the big show of the year and bam, there it is. Boom. Surprise everybody with it. And, uh, you know, the people that worked on it, of course, you know, that restored it would know what's going on, that you have it. But uh, the rest of the, the motoring world wouldn't know until the moment you revealed that this is your car. Sometimes they're entered anonymously even. You know, we don't wow. even know who this this car belongs to, um, which <laughs> is kind of see. which is kind of a cool thing too. I mean, that, this is all like a little that? bit like this is a little Batman, um, man of mystery type stuff. Yeah, you know, I, I really like this. I like the idea that you know there's still a lot of cars out there that you know we don't quite know where they are, and you know they we know that they exist. We know they're taken care of. Exactly. But we don't. Yeah. We have no idea who owns them. Where are they? Who owns them? What mm-hmm. condition are they in right now? Mm-hmm. Um, where will we see them next? It's it's a it's a small world. It's a little mm-hmm. bit uh, more difficult than you may think at first blush. Now, really, I've only got a, a few here that right. uh, that I'm just going to run down the list, and because um, we don't know everything about the collection and how many race cars are involved, how many uh, mm-hmm. just you know road going cars there are, etc. But of course, how could we not mention Jay Leno? Oh, it's got a huge garage of cars. Um, Crazy, but, but also how many? You know, exactly. You don't know how many, how many race cars. You're not exactly sure. They never really publish a full, complete list of everything that right. everybody owns at one time. And I don't know if that's because it's always in continuous flux or if it's because mm-hmm. um, they just don't want it to be like we had said, you know, a little bit of mystery involved. Which is why oftentimes when you see uh, maybe something on television or you read something in print about um, – a car aficionado, a car connoisseur, mm-hmm. uh, then a lot of times you'll see them talking about a specific vehicle in their collection rather than the whole thing. Yeah, and you know what? One, I've got the next person on my list is an exact uh, prime example of that. Okay. Uh, James Glickenhaus. James Glickenhaus. James Glickenhaus. And uh, if you if you follow blogs and all that, you know, if you're Ferrari aficionado, then you know who he is. He's a Ferrari collector who's got a three million dollar. 612 P45, which um, sits on an Enzo ch- chassis, took about three years for a Ferrari to personally build for him, tailored to his body even. Uh, they did scans of his body to, to measure everything in the car. Um, this is a custom-built Ferrari. It was built around his body Weird. in order for it to, to, to exactly match his dimensions. Um, it's his car, $3 million. Um, you know, unlimited support from Ferrari. You know, I don't know all the details exactly, but um, fantastic looking car. Uh, you'll see him in that car, or you know, him around that car. That car's on display a lot of times. You know, like let's say a concourse event or mm-hmm. some, something like that. You'll find it here and there. It's the super customized Ferrari. Yeah. I've got to ask a quick question. I want to ask it in a non-offensive way. Okay, just to check. Mm-hmm. Does he have a weird shaped? body or anything like that <laughs> no 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 okay not at all i, no, I figure it was just the extra level of of comfort and style and so i was just checking no offense to you if you're no, listening no. mr g oh no um, no i hope he is i hope he is because uh honestly that's such a sweet car though, it, man. it really is it's awesome it's great i mean take a look for it online it's beautiful yeah. beautiful car i'm sure a lot of people have already seen it the uh the thing is that you know most cars are one size fits all really right most yeah. are uh but when you get to a certain level you can start mm-hmm. to have things you know, custom made, custom tailored fit to your to your body, and this is what he's done, but with the entire car. Yeah. Um, it's really, really an engineering feat. 
It's really cool. Three, and, year, like I said, three years for them to build the car. And this is the one that he uh, and he struck a pretty good deal. If you think about a million dollars a year, <laughs> I guess so. Right? I guess but, he did. Yeah. But uh, and who knows if it's really three million? It might be double that. Who see, knows? See, and there we go again who to knows? the mystery of it. Yeah. And then it's so weird to me that he is known as a Ferrari collector, mm-hmm. and we kind of see this one Ferrari way more than anything well, else. Well, we see, we see others of his collection here and there, but right. um, this is the one that right now it's kind of it's popular that everybody knows about. Right. If the his, motoring world knows about it. If you'll permit me a, a really bad comparison, Scott, mm-hmm. if his Ferrari collection was an album, his customized Ferrari is the single. Correct. I promise I will never make a comparison that, no, that was, again. No, that was pretty good. Oh, well, I've exhausted my life. That was pretty good. Who's next, man? Uh, Ralph Lauren. Ralph Lauren has a fantastic collection of cars. Does he? He really does, yeah. I mean, if you want to look at some beautiful cars, these mm-hmm. are these are like the artwork cars that are on display at the, uh, at the High Museum right now mm-hmm. in, in Atlanta. Um, these are beautiful, beautiful cars. He's got garage full, you know, garages full of of specific makes and models like he's got a garage full of vintage ferraris that um i know that some of those have to have race history uh some of them are race cars so you know that they've been you know in famous races they've got mm-hmm. some type of background to them you know oh, that he these probably are, knows too he's so. got oh i'm sure he does yeah he knows exactly what he's got um um fantastic collection again look online and find all the photos you can but um i don't know if you'll ever see them all in one room i'm not sure if they do it that way or not hmm. um there's just so many he's got a huge collection um, you know, probably the oh, go ahead. I'm I'm just gonna say before you get to the last one, you know, I'm, I'm waiting for one person in particular, right? We talked about it, really. Okay, just oh. carry, carry on as okay. you were. Okay, then. Oh, all right. All right. Uh, the last person I'm gonna mention, Steve McQueen. Is that the one? No. Oh. oh, okay. Well, wait a minute then, and you can hit me with all that right. on the okay, last okay. Okay. So Steve McQueen, he was a uh, well, he, the late Steve McQueen, the late mm-hmm. late actor, um, avid car collector. And he, of course, was in that movie. Uh, well, he's known for the movie Le Mans. Mm-hmm. He was also in uh, in Bullet, and did the driving scene, you know, the famous driving scene in Bullet. Uh, but he owned um, several race cars, and just I'll, I'll just read a couple here. But he has a or had a, a Porsche 917, a 908, and a Ferrari 512, uh, much like Nick Mason has. Um, but I think that was from the actually the one from. The movie in his collection as part of his collection. So he That's, had a big collection. He still, I think his son still yeah. has part of his collection. It's definitely, it's got to be part of the estate. I yeah, mean, I would think so. Significant. I would think so, yeah. Okay, so hit me with your last, uh, who, who are you waiting for that I didn't mention? Elvis? Elvis didn't really have any race cars, I don't think, just Cadillacs. No, no. Elvis, you know, as a as a native Tennessean myself, I can tell you, uh, we're, we're more into those land boats, you know. <laughs> okay, um, we don't like to hurry is what it comes down to. Understood. It's just Opryland and mountains up there for us. <laughs> is Dollywood there? Huh? Dollywood? Yeah, Dolly, Dollywood's there. Okay. Dollywood's there. We count that as mountains. I just like to say that funny. Yeah. <laughs> Dollywood. All right, Scott, the person that I was waiting for, although thank you for the Elvis reference, you know, I, Anytime. my Tennessee citizenship requires me to name drop him like once a week. <laughs> Got it. Or we get kicked out of Opryland. Got it's it. a big deal. Um, so what about the other Steven car enthusiast, Steven Tyler? Yeah, he, you know what? He's apparently a uh, big car enthusiast. Aerosmith? Yeah, exactly. Oh, I didn't mean to cut you off. Yeah, no, Aerosmith. I'm just, uh, I'm the, just uh, hanging out. I, that's why you've got that scarf wrapped, wrapped around your uh, your microphone yeah, stand uh-huh. there. Is that right? Right. That's why I keep yeah. pulling these weird <laughs> <laughs> It's awesome. No, no. Um, 
He's uh, he's apparently a, a car enthusiast, mm-hmm. and I, I read a long time ago. Now I don't know if he owns any race cars or you know mm-hmm. what his col- the extent of his collection is if he has one. Or even. the or the Focus, but no. But mm-hmm. he's uh, I know that he had mentioned in an article I read about um, a Lotus Seven. He he loved his Lotus Seven that he had, mm-hmm. and I would think that you know if somebody hasn't you know a gusto for it like that you know that yeah. uh, I would think that he's probably got more in his uh, stable of cars that he mm-hmm. you know he chooses from every day there's probably something interesting in there i know you see a lot of a lot of money um you know like the rock star money and sure, uh, the sports money exactly yeah. i was gonna say any anybody involved in the sports world mm-hmm. um you know there's just there's a lot of money of course ceos of corporations they own, sure, they own absolutely a lot of them can have big car collections mm-hmm. if they want um middle, middle eastern emirates and uh yep. other other members of the sultan family. of michigan the Sultan of Michigan. There is someone that calls themselves the Sultan of Michigan, and they've got a huge collection of beautiful cars. Is it you? No. Oh. No, but there is some uh, rumor going around about who it is, so I, I'll leave it at that. Are you serious? Yeah, you can find you can we pretty, can't. You can find out who it is or who it's speculated to be. Okay, we won't do it here then. Who it's speculated to be, yeah. But uh, look up the Sultan of Michigan, and you'll find an incredible car collection that, that resides in Michigan um, in a secret location. And so obviously what we've done today is just give you an overview of uh, some, what we think is a really interesting set of vehicle collectors. These mm-hmm. these are guys who um, collect. We know that they are collecting race cars. Mm-hmm. We just don't know exactly what or how many, which makes me think of Garage Find, Scott, because, you know, there are so many old race cars that just sort of dropped off the face yeah. of history. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's some cars that uh, that have incredible histories behind them. Are they them. in, like, the Sultan's race car harem uh, now? Is that- <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe. But uh, there's a lot of cars that end up uh, just neglected, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, some race cars that you'd be surprised find up, you know, they, they turn up in a barn somewhere. They turn up in, uh, well, in one case, turned up in salt mines. Yes. And we'll... I'm considering that for a topic. So if you know what I'm, if you know what I'm talking about, don't don't give it away right now. But there's some cars that ended up in a salt mine that we may uh, may talk about Mm -hmm. because they're very very interesting and very very valuable. We can't we can't say any more. But that's it. Yeah. So uh, barn finds. I love barn finds. Mm -hmm. Um, It's still possible. Yeah. Still possible. But the you know as far as these car collectors go, race car collections, big money. Not for everybody, but uh, it's sure interesting to look at. You know, Scott. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to say. Um, I've had a great experience being your lifestyle consultant, and I think we've really made a lot of progress. So, <laughs> race car collection is going to be sort of a milestone, um, and as as an inspiration to you in your uh, continued. <laughs> I'm so done with no, this joke. No, no, no. That's all right. Keep going because <laughs> okay. uh, no, just uh, yeah. You're gonna somehow have to find a way to build a bigger garage for me because I'm barely making it in there with my Civic. You know, I have been considering a position in garage uh, design. Actually, <laughs> fantastic. Yeah, yeah. this will work out on. real well for both of us. Though. In this kind of economy, it's good to do a lot of things. I think you're right. So, as inspiration, uh, I have a surprise from you from uh, someone named Alex who wrote some listener mail. Okay, Scott. Uh, so, Alex says, "Hey guys, uh, I just listened to the Indy 500, and you did a fantastic job of covering it for the amount of time given." Uh, I am a lifelong resident of Indy, going on 22 years, and sadly have never gone to a 500. I have been to many of the practice and qualification days, though, so Scott, don't feel too bad. You guys mentioned the four-time champs, and possibly by the time you read this, there could be another four-peat with Helio Castroneves. Yes. Oh, Oh, very nice, Ben. Thank you. You really Uh, took me there. (laughs) 
Thanks, buddy. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Uh, some of my best 500 memories have been listening to the 500 on the radio and lounging by the pool. Not a corny thing at all. Bingo. I'm going to say that, I, you know what, one thing, I'm glad you mentioned this. One thing that I wanted to, to get out before, uh, well, in the last one, and I, I thought about it recently. Yeah. Ah, boy, I'm so excited about this. What's going on? Well, this person, who was it? What's, what's, what's uh, That's name? Alex. Alex. Alex mentioned listening to it on the radio, and I said listening to it on the radio. Yeah. I now remember why I listened to it on the radio so many times when I was in Indiana. Why is that? Because it, there's a blackout, like there would be in a sports event if it doesn't sell out. There, ABC will not show the Indianapolis 500 in Indiana on the day of the race. And wow. I don't know if that's changed recently or not, mm-hmm. because I'm sure that you can watch it on you know another network, ESPN or whatever sure. whatever channel's carrying it now. I don't know. But um, – the day of the race, if you were in Indiana, you couldn't watch it on your local ABC news channel. So, you know, ABC covers the event. So yeah. you would have to wait. And this is what I did. You'd, you'd listen to it on the radio during the day if you didn't go, which was very exciting. I Believe it or not, it's really exciting. Mm-hmm. Then at 12.01 a.m., the local affiliate would play the entirety of the Indianapolis 500 on television. So I would stay up. Memorial uh, on that Sunday night, yeah. you know, after midnight, and watch the entire race on television until about three or four in the morning, <laughs> and then go to sleep, and then be able to make it to you know school the next Tuesday because I mean, you have Monday kind, off. Kind of make it, so. kind of. Well, you know, it's, you have Monday. Yeah, you have Monday to relax, and then uh, Tuesday back to school. That's awesome. Yeah, it was really cool. But I mean, that's why you, that's why that uh, that kind of I don't know that that. Uh, Entity exists there in Indiana that you know a lot of people listen to it on the radio and then watch the replay of it later. Well, so I thought that was that was really cool of Alex to write in and, and tell you not to beat yourself up over yeah, it. Yeah, I'm going to get know? there some year. Well, it's like people who live in New York, man. They never go to the Statue of Liberty. Yeah, you know. Um, but as you guys can tell, uh, Scott and I definitely enjoy listener mail. I'm just going to try to sync this back here. Unfortunately, it's about that time. We've yeah. got to head out. Uh, we've got to do a couple things. Um, we probably have to look after our Facebook, which you can hang out with us on, uh, on our Twitter account, mm-hmm. on our blog even. Yep. And uh, if you comment on there, you never know, might make it on the air as well. If you have an email uh, that you would like to send to us with um, suggestions for an upcoming topic, rambling anecdotes, anything at all, send it to us at carstuff at howstuffworks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at HowStuffWorks.com. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. So, should we go electric? I think we should go electrified with Toyota. Electrified? Electrified means options. Yes, we could go all electric with a Toyota BZ4X, but then there are hybrids like Grand Highlander. Or we could do something in between like a RAV4 plug-in hybrid. So, Toyota is electrified diversified? Yep, and with more options for reducing carbon emissions, the closer we all get to Toyota's Beyond Zero vision for the future. Exactly how much coffee have you had this morning? Oh, oh. 
Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Viking. Committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, cultural enrichment, and all-inclusive fares. Discover more at viking.com.